Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. All right, Luca Nation. Through that, you don't know what goes into this. You guys have no idea. He's about to do his intro. I just spent the last 10 minutes being told about all the terrible things in my life. And now I'm going to do an episode, and I'm happy about it. I'm going to do a nice, fun episode. And even though my co host here is right, and he says it from the heart, and he wants me to get healthy. You know, leading up to the holidays, because he knows I'm going to eat a 20-pound turkey myself with all of the stuffing and the gravy. Um, and when we talk about nutrition, he every time has to talk me out. I swear it's true that gummy bears are a food group. He tells me they're not, but, but I read it somewhere, and I'm sticking to that truth. Gummy bears and Swedish fish are their own food group. So, uh, you know, I come in with a little, uh, a little bit of a headache today, and he's like, you know, come on, man. You got to take care of yourself. You know, you got to bring the episode for Luca Nation. You got to bring the energy. You know, you got you to, you, know, you know, put on your big boy pants. And, you know, what's fun about it is, like I said, I know it comes from a place of love. I know it comes from a place of, you know, um, you know he'd rather see me healthy and happy in the whole nine yards. But it's not going to happen today. So it's time for a Twix bar. Remember we used to get uh, negative <laughs> reviews when I was eating during the episodes oh, yeah, like man, in well, the early eat. days? Yeah, you can't eat during the episode. I wish. I want to eat on the episode. But you know what? You ate once, and I had a crackling headphone set that was like three years old for the first 55 episodes. So, you know, we, you know, we really brought it. We, re- <laughs> we really brought it in the beginning. Hey, <laughs> I look at you a lot of ways like I look at my father, right? Like you have a lot of life experience. Well, I also believe that you guys have been conditioned to live. You know, here's where you're wrong, because I don't look at your mother the same way your father looks at your mother. So clearly, you shouldn't look at me like your father, because it's not that case. I'm it's not, not it's so not. sure you know that, because I have a Jewish mother. Oh God, no, no. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, okay. No and good. Given no what good. we've talked about offline in the last 24 hours, are you? Do you renege that statement? Yeah. No, I'm just saying. I can't be your dad because I don't look at your mom the same way your dad looks at your mom. Your dad's your dad. I'm just an older gentleman. You know, I'm just an older guy here who was not, I did not have anything to do with you being born. I don't think. A big thing I was saying to my parents, because they worked for 30 years for the man and, and my dad had his own business, but honestly, it, he came out of those 30 years looking like he worked for the man. I always wished them. I was like, guys, you know, take a year and travel. Go see other cultures. Go live in a warmer climate. Where would you travel if you could travel? Not to Mexico. That's your home. Where would you travel right now? Where's the one place you would go? In what's in what doesn't like, matter. Uh, stage of my need, life. You can. How right much now, money do I have? You make it very difficult. Just answer a question. If you want to say, "Hey, you know what? I have the money I have now." I would if move I had to Miami. If, if I were you Miami. and your, you and the missus. Not you. No, no, not me. Not me. What I'm saying is you right now. The man who can go anywhere. The man who can live anywhere he wants. You say, hey, you told your dad to travel. Where would you travel? Where would Andrew go? If, well, if you could go anywhere tomorrow, not Tulum, right? If you can go anywhere tomorrow, where would you go? Would you visit Egypt? Well, obviously, everything has nuance. No, I wouldn't go to Egypt. That's hilarious you, that you said that. 
visit um, um would you take a safari in africa so we do a show every single day so anywhere yes. i would go i would have the responsibility to our audience and to you and to our business to show up and perform so like i would want to go to bali i love bali but the the time zone is literally it's 12 hours later there so it's we're recording this at 3 55 p.m eastern it's 4 a.m so it would be a shit show organizing the episodes but dude, you learn a big thing about travel when, when you travel you learn a lot about yourself a lot about culture it kind of shifts your paradigm right like you've been in new york your whole life your True. whole entire life you've been in new york and True. you've dealt with the four seasons you've dealt with the seasonal depression the, the changing of the climate daylight savings where what time does it get dark now 5 p.m. It's, it's gonna be dark in 20 minutes. Right. It doesn't and, and even like five o'clock. It's terrible. It's like but it's pitch black. I take my kid home from school and it's black already. So so one of my favorite quotes is work harder on yourself than you do your job. Right. Like we all want to be successful financially. We all want to be successful. There's not a person out there who doesn't want to take care of his family and himself. But how can you do that if you're not at your best? And I truthfully don't believe that living in the Northeast, if if you can year round, you could perform at your best. Maybe that's an excuse, maybe not. But I think being able to travel, being able to be in warm climates, being in a place where you could exercise, see sunlight, I think it's a huge deal cage. And I think it affects like the people there too, right? Like I imagine in New York, it, have things been a little bit like, you know, when the daylight savings, everyone's a little groggier. Have you yeah. felt that? Oh, I'm groggy. I got a headache. It's crazy. So this could explain it. Is this why you think PSA doesn't have an office? in the Northeast and why they run like a well-oiled machine. They're out in California in warmer weather. Is that why you think they are, you know, the operation well, that they well are? A well-oiled machine? Well-oiled machine. They run as, as well as that whole state of California runs. <laughs> they do a great job. I hear, I'm hearing amazing things. <laughs> well, I They're mean. good hands with Gavin or Newsom. They had a big Gavin announcement, or, right? Gavin Gavin <laughs> they had a big announcement, right? I mean, you were, you were telling me about it. It was a big announcement. And uh, Andrew's like, oh, it's a big announcement. There's an announcement. I, so I went running to the PSA you know, homepage. And I'm like, oh, I don't see an announcement. I mean, I went running to the main page. I, I even logged into my, my account. I'm like, oh, maybe it's just you know, announcement up there for account holders. I'm like, there's no announcement here. And then I did. I saw some chatter on Twitter and on Instagram about PSA reopening up what regular service, I think. And I'm like, so I go to the PSA. I'm like, where is it? Where is it? And you finally were able to point me to where the announcement was. Where was it? It was a, it was a screenshot under someone's comment who said like, uh, I'll, I'll read it here, but like it was. Nat Turner posted a sticker, a sealed sticker package of Star Wars, a Star Wars pack from 1977. And someone was commenting like, hey, you're going to grade those. And he said, maybe. And then I guess somebody else commented basically to the extent of I could care less about your goddamn Star Wars cards. When are you, when are you going to start yeah. opening regular grading? Right? Yeah, it was. It was. Like, will the website get updated about the backlog? This emoji. Sorry about the thin sleeves for stickers. Doesn't really tickle my fancy. <laughs> yeah, thin sleeves for stickers. But but it, it's an interesting way to make an announcement. Then right? what did he like, say? What was his announcement? Like, what did he actually say? Regular opens in two weeks. But but it's it's an interesting way to, to do an announcement if you really understand social media, right? Here we are, like, posting on our pages, making these, well, really nice designs. But we've already talked about this. PSA has inelastic demand. People, for some reason, no matter what, no matter how much PSA has done wrong or right for them, they will sub their cards to PSA and they're waiting. And this is kind of like an interesting way, like letting word of mouth do its thing 
versus the company putting out an announcement. Interesting. Inelastic demand is exactly the right phrase because right after I saw this, right after you pointed me at this, in my stories, I forget which one it was, but one of the group subbers put in their story, opening back up regular subs through PSA. They said, start sending your cards to us now. We're not sure when it's going to open. We assume somewhere in the first week of December. We're not sure what the pricing is going to be. We're not sure of anything, but send us your cards. That was the post. Like, send it to us. We don't know how much it's going to be. We don't know when it's going to be, but we know it's going to be at some point in time. So send us your cards. And people will send the cards. I was going to say, and people will send them. Isn't that crazy? What does that – you always say this to me. You say this about the NFT world. Why would the Board API Club not support each other? Why would the CryptoPunk community not support each other? They've only seen money. They've only seen profit. PSA has made a lot of people a lot of money. So there is a level of loyalty that comes with it. Not just people who've subbed their cards and sold them. They've made group subbers tons of money. Yep. Is there something to that? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely something to that. And also, I mean, a lot of these group subbers are probably the reason why I don't remember the name of the group subber is because it's probably not KK who went out and did a lot of other stuff and got an SGC sub going and got a CGC sub going and they're on whatnot and they're, you know, they're, they're passing the time while PSA is not doing, you know, bulk subs doing other stuff. It's probably somebody. Can I give a shout out real quick? So we have somebody, a member of, it's not the KK, but it's actually (laughs) someone from our community, CD cards who bought a ton of our Lucas Tigers NFTs comments on our stuff. Just a great guy. His name's Chris Layton. Uh, someone I got to know pretty well over the last six to 12 months. He just got a, I don't know if it's a job, an internship, a position, an opportunity, I think is the best way, to help KK with his social media. So nice. shout out to Chris. Yeah. Pretty cool, right? Listen, that's an expanding brand, 100%. I think he's I think he's got a, a live maybe tonight on whatnot as part of a, a cool lineup. I think Mealy Pops is on there. He's on there. Maybe one other person's on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in the hobby, but I guess... Yeah, you're right. You know, back to the to the point. I mean, people are beholden to PSA. You know, PSA is 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 opening back up, and it's like, whoa, the gravy train. Let's get on this before we miss it. You know, which listen, let's. I'll be as honest as I can. I'm I'm not doing it for hundred dollars, but when some you know bulk or value type of sub, this is not that. I don't think they're talking about. It. They're talking about regular now. Not talking about bulk or value or anything crazy like 50 that. Fifty bucks a card is what we're kind of assuming. I don't know. Somebody was saying a hundred, but who the heck knows? We'll see. I mean, between fifty and a hundred, I, I don't well, know exactly. Well, Express is Express is one fifty. One fifty. Yeah. Regular is up to ninety nine maximum declared value, or one ninety nine, or four ninety nine. I guess what, they're going to give details on it. I really don't. I don't. I don't what, know. What did it used to be? Uh, bulk was up to ninety nine. Bulk was ninety nine dollars. I was like, you know, the value subs, so maybe one ninety nine, four ninety nine. I honestly don't even remember. I was only doing bulk. <laughs> I was only doing bulk subs. I, I would say fifty is a fair price. They, they still make their profit, but you, at the end of the day, you have to leave some meat on the bone for other for the customer, right? Like if if you're subbing a card, and you, I'm sorry, I'm putting you to sleep. Yeah. Uh, if you sub a card and your hundred dollars is your margin, are you even going to sub it? No. No, but we'll see. I mean, listen, it doesn't really make sense guessing. You know, if it's going to be two weeks, we'll know what, what's coming out as far as, like, uh, you know, their subs. And, um, you know, what the point of, of, like, you know, people will sub no matter what. I literally have thousands of cards just waiting. They're in sleeves. They're in, you know, um, cards every once, just in the basement, in boxes, ready to go for whenever PSA is opening up again. Because I used to do a bulk sub myself every month. 
I used to do at least a hundred cards a month where I would, you know, open boxes and send them in. Um, you know, it's been a long time since you could send cards in. So I'm saving cards up, you know, every box that you open, there you go. I got, you know, a couple cards from that one, a couple cards from this one. Um, and I had a bunch that I was going to send in in March before they closed, you know, the closing kind of caught me off guard. I have hundreds of cards that were sitting there ready to close, you know, ready to send in, you know, before they close and just to get them in. So they'll open at some point and, and then, you know, they'll be dealing with a backlog soon enough. I'm sure. I What's your favorite season? One. My favorite season? Yeah, of the year. I'm still in the first combo. I like Christmas time because I like, season. I like the holiday season. You know, I like the holiday season. It's the holiday season. You, you make asking and answering questions so difficult. So you are short season, holiday season. Like the Spring, holiday. summer, fall, winter, bro. It's like... Spring, summer, fall, winter. Um, well, I guess you could say Thanksgiving season, October, uh, uh, Halloween season, holiday mm-hmm. season. Well, I mean, I, holiday season I, is, I think I call it holiday season. I mean, I guess I'll pick winter for that because, you know, it's everyone's in kind of like a cool, like festive giving mood. Um, you know, summer is really cool because, you know, I get to get to use my pool and the kids are in camp and they're not in school and there's a lot less, you know, stress. Um you know, both work-wise, school-wise, and that kind of stuff. Summertime is nice. Um, I'll tell you, I liked winter more as a younger kid. You know, I know my daughter likes winter and stuff. Now winter is just a pain in the ass. It's like, okay, how much how much Advil do I have to take to not hurt my back shoveling the snow? You know, how many more years before the, the, the little version of me is big enough to actually move a shovel? Because he's too small to do it right now. But it's not too long. He can help. You know, like in a cute way where you can take a picture and, you know, he can pick up a little bit of snow, but it's not actually doing much. But soon, soon. My soon dad would always get mad at me. My sister helped with the snow uh, shoveling way more. Like, I never wanted to do it. I'm, I'm the kind of guy that, like, if I like an activity, I'll go 100%. Mm-hmm. If I hate it, I just won't do it. Like, I, I didn't mind raking leaves, mm-hmm. but I hated shoveling snow. I hated it. I was just like, get a snow plow and sh- shoot this shit out of here. Yeah, I mean, like, so some of my neighbors offer to uh, do it but i'm stubborn you know this after almost 500 episodes you know i'd rather just shovel and be out there plus i gotta tell you shovel is not the worst thing in the world if you take your time you can get like two good cigars in while you shovel it's like alone time you know you get to stay away from everybody you smoke a cigar and shovel you shovel you smoke a cigar you know you smoke and shovel you know to with one shovel. hand one arm you shovel and the other you have a cigar you have like three no, you arms, bite the cigar you, know, you keep the cigar in your mouth and you shovel like this you know, like terrible. all Schwarzenegger. Uh, it's not, I mean, it's not terrible for me. I enjoy it. You know, I mean, that's, you know, the, the, the first couple of snow. Yeah, dude, that's, you know, you put the cigar in your mouth. You don't have to always hold it with your hand. You can put it in your mouth and you smoke a cigar. All right. 15 yeah. minutes in, we talked about PSA. We talked about the season. We, we talked about how awesome Cage is. And you truly are an awesome dude. So, the monthly uh, auction for PWCC starting up again. That's another cool topic. Yesterday was day one for the monthly auction. I think the monthly prices are starting to show exactly what we talked about last time around that first month, just like the first month of premier auctions, um, uh, you know, was a little, a little low. And then all of a sudden they hit their stride. They're doing a better job of advertising it. You know, I, I don't know if you're on Instagram, you see kind of, Hey, these are ending tonight. These are ending tomorrow. Here's day one. Um, here's day two. Um, you know, there were some record prices last night, some Babe Ruth cards and stuff like that. And, you know, it leads me into where, you know, where I'm, my mindset is today without a specific play. 
it's uh, uh, you know, baseball vintage cards. And, you know, it, it, it reminds me of a conversation. Andrew and I have a lot of conversations, man. You know, it's really funny. Uh, people, people are, are sick always, of me yet? No, we're always, people are always wowed by the amount of content we put out there. Oh, you guys do an episode a day. And I, I sometimes tell people, I'm like, for every conversation that you hear of Andrew and mine on an episode, there's like four other ones that day that didn't get an episode. Like we could, we could really, if we just recorded everything. I made this we a reality show. 24 7 Forget live about it. stream we, of there's cages. A lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of episodes. But Andrew was actually telling me about, um, you know, something that, you know, we, we did overlap this into, you know, an episode about how Mickey Mantle, Mickey Mantle cards, he had a theory about Mickey Mantle cards that how that 52 Mantle, which Len Hart, nice pickup on that PSA one, um, you know, will always be something that people, you know, go for. It will always be a card that people are striving for. But that the other year mantles, you know, and you know maybe the fifty-one Bowman, which is actually his rookie, maybe the fifty-three tops, which is a cool, you know, like uh, drawing type of card. But beyond that, like no one's really searching out a nineteen sixty-four tops Mickey Mantle in high grade, and you know, looking. And I tried to say, you know, that people do they do like these verticals. They you know they buy Mickey Mantle from fifty-one Bowman to sixty-nine tops, and they do his whole playing career and stuff like that. And I started thinking about it and. Um, you know, the thought was, I think he's right. You know, I think, I think he's right. And if he's right about Mickey Mantle, he's gotta be right about almost everybody else. Right. There will be cards that, um, you know, that people will go after because they are these, these, you know, bellwethers, they are these, these, you know, pieces of art, you know, these stalwarts of the, of the hobby, but there will be ones that people don't go after. And, you know, Mantle's an interesting one, right? Because think about like other, think about other cards that are out there, right? You think about you know, Jackie Robinson had a bunch of cards. Right, but people don't buy the bunch of cards. It's either that forty-eight leaf, you know, or or you know his Bowman cards from the, the beginning, just the first one or two, just like it is with Mantle. You don't you don't really see a ton of people go after I mean, fifty-two tops, sure, because it's an iconic set. But you don't want to see a bunch of people go after, and that's Jackie Robinson. You know what I mean? Same thing. Hank Aaron had a ton of cards. Dude played for a long time, played for like two decades. You don't hit that many home runs unless you play for a long time. Um, you know what does that mean? And I guess my question for you is, you know, if you if you take what that theory, that mean? if you take that theory out for a little while, right? Like Mantle, he didn't have a ton of cards. He had a tops card every year. Some of the years had all star cards and that kind of stuff, right? And yet, you, what you're saying is Mickey Mantle, who's like the icon of baseball, Yankee legend, you name it, that even his cards are not going to be like these wow sought after stuff. My question, what does that mean to you for modern sports cards, even for the top guys down the road? You know, we're, we have people who are collecting things now, you know, like, you know, Michael Jordan, Luca, Giannis, LeBron. LeBron has a billion cards, right? He's got a lot of cards. And people know the Chrome, obviously, from 03. But we've been on here talking about how, hey, his second year card is a cool card, right? It's an iconic card. He's, he's dunking. He's doing a reverse dunk. There's Bowman. The 2004 LeBron is my my favorite LeBron card. And you like it because of the way that it looks, right? And, you know, you can make an argument. Maybe the Mantle second year is cool because of the way it looks. But then you have, all right, the chalk card. The chalk toss card. Like That's relevant now for the people who are watching them and play. And then the one with Kobe on it. Okay, that's what... But let's start to talk about how many LeBron cards there are out there. Plus, add in the autographs. And the exquisites and the, the you know, the different, I mean, just there's so many of these things that are there. What does that mean for those cards? Should we be nervous? And then I will ask you from my own standpoint, right? If Mantle, 
has these you know 20 years of cards and people don't go after him anymore what is somebody like me who's even collecting something that i think is is about as safe as it gets michael jordan cards right forget about just the rookie like uh, there are people who spend way more money than me pmgs all right maybe that's maybe that's a different category right maybe that becomes the mantle 52 but what about like all the other inserts what about the natural born thrillers and the linchpins and the power in the key and the scoring kings and all those things are those going to run their course soon in five, 10 years? Should people stop buying those? What's your thought, man? Because you really got my brain, the hamster wheel in there with just your sentence about mantle. Like people are not going to buy the mantle. You know, yeah. Mantle will be relevant. They'll buy his rookie and maybe one or two others, but the rest of them are, are basically garbage. What does it mean for the rest of the stuff? First, first off, there is no human being on this planet. Maybe Gary Vee that asked a question with a statement. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's incredible. Because uh, I actually think there was like 17 different questions. There's in a there. lot of questions in there, but you get you get the point. If you are a collector of modern cards, let's just say you're a collector of Luca. Yeah, but I think that you're what is, actually missing something. Well, and please I'll tell you what That's I think you're missing because you you're smiling because you know how much I he he hates when I say that. Uh, I think you're missing something. Well, that's the point, Andrew. Can tell me what I'm missing. I'm they're trying to lead you here. I'm trying to like bring. They're printing more dollars than they're reprinting those cards. So we're worried about, wait, there's too many LeBrons. There's too many Jordan cards. Well, we, you guys know this. It's compared to what, right? Compared to what? And and the question I think is, is are these cards going to, pl- card values going to plummet? Are they going to stay the same or go up, right? Mm-hmm. I think the amount of USD printed far exceeds the, the cards printed, right? Because they're not duplicating. They're not reprinting those cards. The supply on that that standpoint is staying the same, but USD is being printed quite regularly. Okay. Okay. Now, at the same time, the industry is go is growing. So you have more money in the system and an industry that has more money pouring into it every single day, right? On a macro standpoint. Sure, maybe the last three months it's been lower. The next five months is going to be higher. PSA regular opens up, maybe more money pours in. It, it, it ebbs and flows. But the point is the industry is growing and there's more money being printed. By that theory, a, a, what's a, a, a rising floor raises all ships? What, what rising tide, yeah, rising tide. A rising tide raises all ships. I think that they're going to go up in value relative to the U.S. dollar. Maybe to a different currency, they might not. If you if you peg it or compare it to ETH or BTC, it might stay even or even go down. But compared to the U.S. dollar, when they're printing more money and the industry is growing, that money has to go somewhere and it goes to the best of the best. So I know it seems off the top of your head, like, wow, there's so many of these cards. Well, there's a t- tremendous amount more us dollars being printed and poured into that system and invested into that system. I know that's okay. a little different take. That's a macro take. Yeah, cage, I mean, when, when a company buys, let's say just take fanatics, but let's even go down the road when, you know, PSA, uh, invests or buys or merges with Ken Golden. As you start seeing that, there's that's money, right? These companies took the cash that's on their balance sheet and they put it into an investment. That that, tr- that has a trickle-down effect. That company hires employees, employees get paid, employees reinvest into that industry. So that's how I actually see it from a very macro standpoint. Well, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, should people be more focused if they are a collector of a, of a certain person? Right, like if they're a collector of Patrick Mahomes, you know, it's not even enough to say Mahomes rookies. Mahomes has five thousand rookies, you know, and 
you know, should people be investing in kabooms? You know, should people be investing in in color blast and and all these other cards? As I guess my 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 thought on it, right? Um, and then again, the premise could just be wrong, because if U.S. dollars are being you know printed like crazy, right? Then maybe the mantles for twenty years worth, since they're not printing any more of those and they're not grading any more of those, maybe they will go up in value. Definitely, they they, they have to relative how, to how can they not? To the U.S. dollar, at the very least, man. I mean, it, it's just it's an interesting thing. Kabooms, right? so, I don't know. There's so kabooms are a new a new thing. Kaboom, I like it. I'm gonna switch my stance on it and start buying them all. I like them, kabooms. People have been completing kaboom sets, man. That's pretty crazy. Good for them. That's pretty pretty crazy. What's your action. take? I think it sounds like you have your own opinion on this. You're like, there's too many LeBron cards. I'm gonna invest in vintage baseball. Yeah, I mean that. My take is, I don't want to get into you know talk about NFTs because obviously our guys you know don't love that. But I'm. You I'm keep watching, saying that. No one cares. It's our I'm, show. We I'm watching just different asset cycles, right? Different different types of assets, and what I've seen is exactly the same stuff over and over again, depending on 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 timing, right? The market will boom, the market will explode, and basically, small stuff will peak. Right, and maybe even run, maybe even have a better appreciation. Talking about like in the card, in the, in the hobby now, base cards, silvers, they can have their time to run, right? But then they crash so much harder than everything else does, right? That that you know, the, those things that are they don't have they don't have a track record, you know, they're more speculative. The, you know, the population explodes on them, um, and you know what remains is what was there before. You know what I mean, and. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's a boring way of looking at it, but somebody asked me this weekend, oh, you do sports cards. If you can give one piece of advice, what would it be? And I wanted to be like, just buy Mickey Mantle or just buy Babe Ruth, right? But I didn't. I said, listen. That's a shit question, to, though. That's, it's, the, it's, that's the issue. It's, it's, it's the question have, of like... It's, a, it's an easy question. It's in order to have It's a tough question. It's the same question that you get when someone asks you, what book do you read? How do you answer that question? Well, it de- so the answer is always, it depends on what you love, right? So what I said to the person was, if I told you to just go out and buy some Mickey Mantle, Babe Ruth cards, and told you to put them, lock them away, you name it, you'd, be, you'd sell them. You'd sell them in six months or a year because you'd be bored. You might sell them at a loss. You wouldn't care because that's not getting you, you know, involved in this at all, right? So really what, it, what I told them was it's about what size pie do you have and how do you want to split it up? Right, and what do you watch? Do you watch baseball? Do you watch basketball? What sports do you watch? Do you watch football? Who's your team? And make sure you're putting something in there that you enjoy. But that's not one enjoy. piece of advice. That's a layered it's, question. It's it's a it's a so. But so the, I, the we key get this question is, no all the time. How you do it is is I say you have to buy some vintage baseball. You have to. That's the key answer. But to this why? Story. Because no matter what, it stands the test of time. Better than anything, why? because it's it's it has transcended the 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 art, the modern versus um, um, modern versus vintage question. Basically, no matter what, no matter what comes out, no matter whether it's '80s baseball, junk wax era, chromes, refractors, silvers, paninis, whatever it is, this stuff is always there. It's always the baseline. It's always the floor, right? So. But what I guess if I like shiny things? You but can what buy if shiny I like basketball. Stuff. You can buy shiny and you can buy basketball. Do you I'm see how this is why I'm asking, like acting like a dunce is it's uh, it's 
I think the quality of your life is based on the questions you ask. And I think that's a, a very poor question that comes off as very intelligent because the answer is so layered. The, the answer should be, you have to fall in love with learning this new industry and this new space is actually the answer because there's so much nuance. Yeah, but people there don't want to no do that. Answer. People don't want to do yeah, that. But that's what I'm saying. It's the same thing as when someone asks you, what book do you watch? What book do you want to read? I was thinking of movies for you because you yeah. someone asked you what what, no, what book I mean, should I read? Real quick, real quick. You're not serious about reading because it's not one book that you should read. It's you should fall in love with the habit of reading and see. Yeah, no one's gonna do you. that. No one's gonna do that. Stop, stop saying no one. No one's gonna do it. It's because the question is not <laughs> being asked no by. One. But the question is not being asked by people who want to immerse themselves in it. It's the same people who want to go to Charles Schwab or you know Edward Jones. And say I have a hundred thousand dollars invested for me. They don't want to research the market. They don't want to figure out what stocks to buy. And you know, all I'm telling people is, you you need to diversify. You need to put stuff into different things. And the more that I look at the, the you know the hobby, the more I am in you know goats. And I, I said I want to talk about NFTs, but but you know NFTs went up. They went down. You know, I'm seeing stuff go up. And what I see is. When new money comes in, the new money comes in, it's not going to be in on those small projects. New money is very rarely going to come in and buy a Zion Prism. Right? When new big money comes in, they want the best, they want the biggest, they want your apes and your crypto punks. When new money comes in, they want your Mickey Mantle, they want your Michael Jordan, they want your LeBron. They want your established stuff. They want your stuff that they can they can um, talk about. And it's funny too because it's very different than what a lot of the hobby is about. The people who are doing the grind, you know, the flippers, let's call them, right? The Gary V disciples, who you and I have 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 correctly pointed out that those guys, they don't just care about making the money. They care about being first, right? There's an added value to saying, "I found that one. I nailed it. Like I was ahead of the curve on that one." When big money comes in, they don't want to be ahead of the curve. They just they want to be able to say, I got this. I got this. Check it out. It's cool. I'm bragging about it. Most people are not bragging about, at least when you first buy it, you're not bragging about Michael Porter Jr. You might brag about it two years later if he turns into something good. Sure. Keith, but so. like you give that person all that advice and, and uh-huh. they go to Charles Schwab and they give Charles Schwab the $100,000. They invested in it. 10 years. Magically, they have a million dollars. Yep. But they don't have any of the knowledge or experience. So you've heard this quote, a fool and his money are soon parted. Yes, I have. You have. And I am the fool because oftentimes I make terrible decisions, but I don't go ask people, where should I invest? I go ask experienced people, what do I learn from this investment? I invested in Tim Duncan Top's paper and they went down, even though he's a goat. Why is that? So I I get the knowledge. So I, I at least... I converted that loss of money or law into something that's called knowledge and wisdom. So why so is, why did Tim Duncan's paper rookies go down? I think it's partially because he doesn't have a big brand. I think it's partially because he's out of sight, out of mind. Uh, I think it's partially because tops isn't preferred. Tops Chrome is. I think it's a, a little bit of those. Tim Duncan, one of the greats. Tim Duncan, one of the greatest. Nobody cares. Top five in my book. And no I'm starting a team. He's he's on, dude. Chris Hodge and and um, cardboard chronicles. Why is he implanting my Josh? Stop he's trying to make LeBron happen. They were having this conversation. And this is where I get pissed. 
Cool. They're having this conversation, and, and someone screenshot is like, "Can Steph Curry be on LeBron's level?" And mm -hmm. they put in their story to get on LeBron and MJ's level. Steph Curry needs to do X, Y, Z. Stop artificially putting LeBron on MJ's level. Tell us what Le what Curry needs to do to get on LeBron's level, but stop putting LeBron in MJ's category. You guys know it's not true. You guys know it deep down it's not true because if you didn't, you wouldn't have sold that exquisite card. Ooh. You would not have sold that exquisite card because you Shots know LeBron, fired. as great as he is, it's not a shot fired. I love both of those guys. And I got to meet Chris Hajek at the Bleaker event. I think he believes that too, House of Jordans. LeBron is great, but he's Shots not fired. on MJ's level. He's not on MJ's level. Wyatt Earp coming out over here. Wyatt Earp, it's Tombstone. Andrew's going to be your Huckleberry. I love it, man. What Little are you talking about? Huckleberry Finn? <laughs> Not Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> You've never seen the movie Tombstone? No. With Val Kilmer? I don't think I've seen 90% of the movie. Do you I'll tell you my that, genre of movies. Movie. That's my genre movie. of movies are comedy, documentary, or stand-up comedy. Right. And Cheech and Chong. Have you ever seen Cheech and Chong movies? No? Mm -hmm. You would love those. You would love Cheech and Chong movies. Oh, and and like gang mafia movies are like my all-time favorites. And they don't have to be great. Like Savages, that was like a, a drug gang mafia type of cartel movie. And I was like, yep. this is kind of sick. All right, it's a good movie. You like rom-coms. I get it. You're a rom-com guy. I do like rom-coms. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Because they make you feel good and they make you laugh. First steps admitting it. That's the thing. You know right? what? The, you know what? Rom com just like it's blown my mind, and it's 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 one of those rom coms that's left an impression on me. And I'll tell you, I used I used to oh, I watch this with my. I'm now excited for this one. Uh, and it's like my favorite movie. As some of my favorite. The Notebook. It's, uh, it's no, that's a good one. But Love Actually. No, The Breakup. The Breakup with Jennifer that's Aniston in this one. That's a it's, horrible so, movie. So it's, it's hilarious. Like watching my life, my, my wife and I watched it. We were like, it's like watching our lives. It was hard. Right. Because they don't get back together at the end. Yeah, at the end. And you're like, like, what the fuck? Attention. And so then the at the very end, they like have this look at like they're still in love, but they turn and they walk away and they're like, I hope I see you soon. Like I still get the chills. I'm like, dude. I don't know. Uh, okay, I've so seen that good. movie. It's a good one. I love the scene Chicago. where Vince Vaughn um, is playing video games and the guy comes in. He's like, apple martinis. That's her drink. That's Two's drink. good. Three, she'll get sloppy. You'll, you'll be a babysitter. <laughs> and then and then the other guy comes in and he starts gaming with him. And he's yeah. like, I can't take credit for it. It's these guys. It's these guys putting in their training on their digital little hats. It was, number 99. Gretzky. Number 99. 99. <laughs> I'm going to make his head bleed. Watch. I'll make, I'll make his head bleed. I love That's that movie. It. He brings because it ties back. He's playing NHL hockey and swingers. Does it really? Look at that. Yeah, playing NHL That's hockey. Cool. I'm gonna make, it's Gretzky. I'm gonna make his head bleed. Watch, watch, Mikey. Watch, I'm gonna make his head bleed. <laughs> make his head bleed. Yep, a little swingers action right there. He's playing hockey. Vince Vaughn does those little tie-ins on his on his movies from from one movie to the next. Always double down. And swingers double down, right? Oh, 11, You mean to always double down? Remember? And it made, kind of they have a license plate on their. Uh, on their limo, double down eleven. It's pretty funny. Jimmy the driver. I was. I would say that Swan is the top three favorite actors of mine. I don't know if he's the greatest actor. You know how people like rate actors. I don't know how you do that because uh, it's so subjective. It's like art. But Vince Swan is is a top three for me. Fucking hilarious. 
Listen, he plays himself is what they say. When you play yourself, you know, it's authentic and, you know, um, I guess it's a little easier to do. And, it, you know, comes off, comes off, you know, authentic is the right word. I'll say it twice. Um, it's why this works, man. You're being authentic here, right? You know, full raw. You know, you, you, you know what you know and you know what you don't know. And, you know, I got to tell you. Uh, I know that you would be happier in a warmer, more tropical climate where you get more sunlight. And nah, you... man, you know how much I sweat when it's hot. Forget about it. I'm a big dude. You don't want to. You don't deal with this sweat. You don't deal with this sweatiness. I'm a sweater. You dude, know. I... Are you? Are you? This is like the cow calling the kettle black. Uh, I, I, I've now purposely started messing these up <laughs> just to see what people say. <laughs> the cow. The cow calling the kettle black. I love it. Dude. It's awesome stuff. Dude, I almost yes. got kicked out of the boxing gym for because I sweat so much. So I understand what sweating too much is. It's perspiration, you know? I mean, this is, me. this is the deal. I can't go for a walk without being done. So I woke up today mad because in PWCC, while they did a good job, I didn't even look at last night's auctions. And I, I saw there was some baseball vintage that I missed out on, some you know, some, some Babe Ruth stuff. Tonight, I think, is basketball. So I'll try not to miss that stuff because maybe there'll be some bargains for me. But um, – Let's I do two rapid fire things after you're done with the PWCC. No, I'm just continuing that... my my portfolio swing away from modern and into um and into you know more vintage, more um and it's funny why I can swinging on your mind. A swing, swing like Tarzan or Pitfall. You ever played a game Pitfall? You ever play Pitfall video game? That was like an original Atari game. It was cool. You swing across. No. You know what would be cool to collect? And I don't know how you could do this, but like old vintage. Uh, Arcade games. If they could have a market, I think they would be so in demand. I'm sure they do. They're so right? hard to ship. They're, they're impossible to oh, ship. Oh, you talk about like the actual standy games, like the like the yeah. like like an ar- like in an arcade, not like a video cartridge. Like yeah, and like the first edition of those. All right, when you went like to the, the first video, edition, give Pac-Man. me give me the two video machines that you would play when you were in the arcade. If it was empty and you were the first one there, you had a handful of quarters. What would you Bro, go play? I had a traumatic childhood. I didn't speak English, so I no one liked me. So I just played soccer, and I didn't get invited to any birthday parties. That's very sad. Yeah, That's but Pac-Man. And, Pac-Man. But like Pac-Man or um, Foosball, but Foosball's not an arcade game. The, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Air was cool. Air, Air hockey is cool, too. You lived a deprived life. Ninja Turtles was awesome because you had, it had four... It had four spots on the console. It was one of the first ones that had like four. So you could and play with bubble? a whole bunch of friends. And everybody everybody was a different turtle. You know, so if you wanted to be um, Donatello, you could use the staff. And that was a cool weapon because you got to hit people from further away, right? You wanted to be Leonardo, you had the two swords. Raphael had the katanas, you know, and Michelangelo had the nunchucks. He was orange. And everybody got to be their own, uh, their own, you know, their own turtle. And you went after Bebop and Rocksteady. And then eventually Shredder. Did that was you a give good a pl- one. I think you gave a play on the Ninja Turtles, right? I did. I gave Before a Ninja Turtles na- play. 1989 yep. tops. I gave the Ninja Turtles play. I gave a I gave a Mario rookie card in the Donkey Kong, which people made some money on. Yeah, we, we did some we did some from some fun video game stuff. Um, you know, from like stickers, Donkey Kong stickers. Terminator 2 was a sick video game with a gun. But before that, Operation Wolf was awesome. That was great. It was one of the first ones with like a machine gun right there on the you know, cage. Let's say yeah, we shoot. could pull our listeners, right? Let's yeah. just anonymous poll. Do you think that they prefer this episode to an NFT episode? Yes. We haven't talked about sports cards at all. 
Well, we did a little bit, but you know, I kind of was, I, I try, I was trying to make a point and I think I talked myself out of the point in the middle of it and kind of like, you know, knock myself right off my argument because oh, nice. uh, I mean, it happens, you know, I mean, it, we, you start with a premise that like, you know, the older stuff is not gonna, is not gonna last. So the newer stuff is going to have trouble too. But then I think I took myself into, I might go out and buy a Mickey Mantle now from like 1963 with a cool wood border. You know, I'm like, why the hell not? They're not making any more of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like this, man. I, I do. So give me, you want rapid fire? Shoot the rapid fire. Let's go. Two things. Mac Jones is the new Tom Brady. True or false? Uh, too soon to tell. Right? The Patriots fans and people looking for the next Tom Brady want to want that to be true. I can't say it's false. Right, because I think he might actually be better than Brady was this many games into his career. You know, his completion percentage is great. I was talking about that on yesterday's show, um, whatnot, about how in most of his games he throws sixty something percent, and he seems to start every game off with eight or nine straight completions. Um, you know, he makes the throws, and he also is not in very good shape. Why it's tough to say he's the next Brady. Think of the things that Brady has sacrificed in his life. Think of the things that he's done to get to be Tom Brady for as long as Tom Brady is there. And, and it's amazing to say it that way, the sacrifices, right? Because you think, oh, he hasn't sacrificed. He's got more money than, than anyone. The dude just doesn't eat bread. You know, like, I don't know if I can go a day without eating bread. He just, you know, he... People don't 40, get it, huh, Cage? People don't sacrifice get sacrificed. Right? I mean, he started off not in shape. And, and Mac Jones famously at the, at the draft, they said, oh, it's just like Tom Brady going to the Patriots, not in shape. Who knows? Jones is going to be making more money now than Brady was making early in his career. He might even have more success. You know, Brady had a lot of success early on too. But who knows what's going to happen? Probably more endorsements for somebody like Mac Jones now because he's thought of as the next Brady. And who knows if he's going to have that eye of the tiger? You know that 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 you know that that thing that makes Brady the goat is that he you know even though he had won Super Bowls and won awards, he stayed after it and continues to stay after it. So that's tough. I'd like it. I think Mac Jones is good, man, and we need another Brady. That's good for the hobby. I love what you said about sacrifice because one of my favorite quotes is, you know, what do you want and what are you willing to sacrifice to get there? And it kind of puts it into perspective. Uh, Second, what do you make of this stat, okay? So the Houston Rockets (laughs) are averaging 1.05 assist to turnover ratio. And in the last three games, they are at 0.94. So just for people out there, that means for every assist to turnover. Okay. So for every one assist, they have, let me, let me rephrase this. Let me make sure I get this right. The ratio assist to turnover. Okay. 1.05. So they have 1.05 assists to every turnover, basically one-to-one ratio of assist to turnovers. Yep. So what do I think about that? You know, about once a semester, um, as a social chair of my fraternity, we would have a mixer with the girls' rugby team. And my fraternity was a bunch of drinkers. And the girls' rugby team, as you can imagine, also did their share of drinking. And about two hours into this mixer, it was the Houston Rockets. It was sloppy. <laughs> so that's what you got with the Rockets. It's a young team. They, you know, they play fast. They try to push pace. They make a lot of mistakes. They don't really have a leader on the team. They got a bunch of people who they're looking to make plays. Um, they don't have a you know a, a, a well defined offense. They're probably not coached that well. Although it's difficult to coach of you know that many young players. Um, and when you have a lot of athletes trying to make plays, sometimes they make mistakes. They make mental mistakes. They throw the ball away. 
that's bad though to have basically the same amount of assists as turnovers. That you have to try to be that bad. It's, it's, it's worse than the Sixers. The process. Remember the Sixers uh-huh. during the process when they got blown out by the the Warriors by like fifty five, and then uh, the Clippers by like fifty five again. So just to give you guys context, the Spurs are two to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phoenix is two to one. Charlotte is one point eight eight to two, uh, to one. Golden State is one point eight. There's not anyone even close. The closest one is Orlando, who's one point three to one. What do you think of uh, of of the Hornets last night? Did a big win for the franchise kind of let them know they can hang with anybody, or it's just you know eventually Golden State's got to lose a game here and there. I don't really believe in big games in the NBA. Like, like there, I would say like a big stretch if you could go like twenty games in a row and you win like eighteen and two, because remember one game, one week is the equivalent to like an NFL season. So like I do believe in, in the NFL. One game could could be like, hey, you know, we're a young team, we believe in us. What it did show me, and it's the Lamelo effect, it's the Miles Bridges effect. They, they're a little grittier that people give them credit for. Especially still- Rozier. That's become almost like you know he's he's not gonna he's not gonna be their star, but that it's like the glue. Rozier needs he, to go. Rozier, he had a good game, but Rozier needs to go. But if he can take the veteran step back, maybe even be a sixth man kind of you know role where he you know he can be like the adult presence there. Believe it or not, he's not that old. Where you know he's not trying to force a shot, they're not running an offense through him, but he's a steadying force when they are close games. I think it could be helpful. You know, like almost Derrick Rosey. You know, or Jamal Crawford. I mean, I, he, he can come Rozier's off the bench. Not talented yeah, Crawford, Crawford's good. Crawford's so a good I agree. I agree, but so Crawford was wildly inefficient, but like it works somehow. Rozier is really inefficient. Yeah, really inefficient. Like he goes off. Last night he went off, but he's they just a don't really have an, a, They don't have like a veteran presence there. You know what I mean? Like you know, Gordon when you're, Hayward. When you're yeah, I, I guess Gordon Hayward. But I mean, Hayward just seems like a like he's quiet. You ever yeah. see Hayward blow up? You ever see Hayward like you know Is, like no. you know like get angry at somebody for you know missing a play in a tight spot? Dude, you know? when he when he dislocated his ankle in that first play of the first game, he wasn't even like blowing up then. He was just chilling. Sometimes yeah. Gordon Hayward's an interesting guy. Huge gamer, huge gamer. So really interesting guy. Like it's funny how like the gaming NFT space doesn't cross over with uh, sports cards, right? Because like you would think like he'd have a lot of fans. He, people stream his stuff on Twitch. Um, impressive. With the the Warriors. Do you know who they play next? No. Who they play the Nets tomorrow. So that's so probably also, looking ahead. Looking ahead. If you guys watch that game, they kind of looked like a mess in the fourth quarter. I'll give you guys my play. So sometimes Shoot. I give you guys high, very liquid cards. Anyone can get these. This is a card I don't think that everyone is going to be able to get, but. I saw one out there and I thought it was a steal. Okay. So I believe in the gold rush, right? Like tops, chrome, gold, kaboom, gold, prism, gold has had its moment, right? It's interesting. Tops, gold has not the chrome, the tops, like the paper gold, right? I think it's partially because it's higher pop. But here's a card that if you guys are interested, you could get someone that I think is going to be one and two MVP in the NBA this year. For 50 bucks, you could get his gold card. And it's the 2009 Topps uh, paper Kevin Durant card. It's in a PSA 8, newly graded, very hard card to grade. Very difficult. What do you think that card should be worth, and what do you think it is worth? Well, what's 09? Was it a like third year? Is there like something iconic on the card or something like that? Is it something cool? Like, Is there a cool pose? Is somebody on it with them? Like, why go 09 instead of 08 or 10? 
Oh, why go oh nine? Because it's presented to me. Um, oh, because there's actually one there. Like you, know, you yes. see one on like eBay. Okay. Yes. I think I think you could play it. I think his rookie year is going to be drastically harder to get it at Wait, gold. Yeah. Uh, 09, 0, 09, 08, 2010. I, I think pose is probably more important. It's a horizontal card. He's going up for a layup. It's it's a really nice looking card. I could share it on the screen if you want. Yeah, cool. Uh, always like I don't. I can't picture it in my brain. That's always cool to have a. But first, guess how much do you think it would be in a PSA eight? Two thousand nine. Uh. A Gold, not chrome, paper. Gold sorry. paper, 250 bucks. So I'll pull it up for you guys right now. Look at that. 50, 50 bucks. That's a cool card. It's a pretty cool card, right? It's, it's not like a, I mean, you're not going to break a bank. It's not as a rookie card. Remember, all of these tops gold, not the tops chrome, the tops gold are numbered to the year that they're at. So this is out of mm -hmm. 2009. But I think it's a cool looking card. It's, it's that horizontal um, one. Here it is. Nice looking card, Durantula. Take it for what it's worth in his OKC jersey. He looks young. 31 bucks on auction on June 20th. There's one listed right now for $50. Can I tell you, um, I mean, just a little like a bonus. I really, I really like that card. That's a cool card. He's at the rim. Something I've started to buy. So that was it. Make it a play. I'll stop buying them. Uh, maybe you guys will get the benefit of it. Um, 03 Exquisite RPAs. Can you just type in eBay 2003 exquisite RPA and then do lowest price instead of highest price and see if you could share the screen with me, right? So, 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 guys, here's the deal, right? I'm giving Andrew something to do. But I started thinking the other day, there are people out there who complete sets of, let's call it, iconic cards. The precious metal gems came to my mind because Nat Turner's making a set. There are people out there who are buying these things. And I have some of like, the worst ones out there, right? And yet Ronnie Cycli wasn't even a rookie. Ronnie Cycli PMG Red is like $1,000 in good condition. Travis Best I have. You know, I have Moogie Blaylock, which I think is pretty cool because that's the original band name for Pearl Jam, right? What about Corey so, Maggetti? Corey Maggetti's cool too. But so pull up the 03 Exquisite RPA, right? And um, The Surge RPA or Rookie yeah, you could, do, you, could, you could either one. Either one. Either one is fine. And I started thinking to myself, guys, you know, that exquisite set, it's got to be thought of in the same vein as the PMGs, right? So look at that. So you have the 2003. Go ahead and you, know, you can pull up any of these, right? Reese Gaines is a good one to pull up. David West. Yeah. David West, another guy who actually played. So David West, right? So that's an People Australian forget, he was on the Warriors team with Curry and Clay and, and Iguodala. Remember that team? So this is a great example, right? So David West, and here is a buy it now. You can get it for less than this. Look at that cool color patch, right? It's, it's nice got purple. One. It's got yellow, white, right? And it's an 0304 RPA, the same one that, you know, that you have the LeBron for seven figures, right? And there are several of these, whether it's David West, Leandro Barbosa, um, you know, there's a bunch of guys. If you go up, there's even, this you know, one cheaper guy. This, this. This. this is Cage's spirit animal. Boris Diaw, I was talking about him yesterday. And these are ones that are graded BGS 9. I'm just talking about getting them raw. If you want to get BGS, that's great too. But I, I was thinking to myself, if if the PMGs, which there's a hundred of, right? What are these numbered out of? You see? You see the number on them? They're numbered out of 99. 25 out of 99. Yeah, well, there's ones that are 25. There's also jersey numbers. Out of 99 is, is the one that's thought of. Is You know, it's kind of like kind of like uh, National Treasures out of 99. So you get your out of 99, right? So you look at these out of 99. There was one right there, right? So, so... Uh, Reese Gaines, 80 bucks, right? 
that one there, Reese Gaines, seventy dollars. I was thinking, maybe people will make these sets, and maybe people will want to have an O three O four exquisite RPA just because it is thought of as an art piece. Look at this cool card with the with a multicolored patch in it for two hundred dollars. There's another one, Boris Diaw, right? You talk about David West, right? I mean, guys who played West was a good player with cool patches. You name it. I, I started Sam thinking, Sam Cassell. Maybe this is a play. The way that don't get into like the limited logos and stuff like that. I'm just keeping it specifically on it up here. Maybe this, Amari, but that's Amari a different Stoudemire? one. Oh, that's different. A that's logo. a limited logos. Yeah, I mean it's a cool one too, but it doesn't carry the same you know weight and whatnot. I mean it's a cool one if you want to do that one too. The thought is. Because Andrew and I do a collectible show, um, we do a fractional report on Sundays, and we've talked for the last couple of weeks about the price of, of sealed wax of the 0304 Exquisite on a case sold in Golden for almost a million dollars, a three-box case, right? And there's a box currently, you know, in PWCC. And I started thinking to myself, like, the reason why this set is talked about this way, it's it's thought of the same way as that PMG. And I'm like, wait, 99, 100? You know, PMGs, they don't come up. You know, for sale. Even the like I said, the crappy guys. Your, you know, your your Travis Best. So that RPA set, maybe it has a shot of becoming something like those those PMGs thought of as art, where there are people trying to build the sets. Especially if you have the LeBron, right? Especially if you have the stuff. You know, in, even in low grade. And I said to myself, you can't get PMGs for fifty, sixty bucks, but you can get one of these here, fifty, sixty, eighty, a hundred, two hundred fifty dollars. I was thinking about it, but now you can do it too. There's enough of them out there where everybody can go ahead and get them. It's just kind of one of those one of those plays that I had that, you know, while everybody's chasing Kaboom, you know, for the price of a blaster, you can go back and get one of these. So, so that kind I mean, of like Who knows? And they're, they're good players. Like, people forget 2000s had some really good players. Uh, I mean, Amari Stoudemire's Beast. Disrespectful Beast. dunker. <laughs> he really was. <laughs> he looked angry. There he was. Well, there you go, guys. Another full episode of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Thanks for hanging with us, especially on my, my weird brain tangent there of, of vintage versus modern. And, you know, it's funny. This is what makes collecting fun, right? And it's, what, it's why my collection is, is ever changing, swinging from modern to vintage and then back and, you know, changing the allocation, <laughs> what percentage of each. Because, you know, any given day, you can see a sale, you can see a trend, you know, you switch it up. So it makes it fun. Hope you enjoyed it, guys. This episode of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze was brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line and color-coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree. Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.